0: Thank you for this message. May it be clear to us. And may we understand what the Spirit is saying to the churches. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Okay, brother, lead us through the first scripture.
1: We read here in Genesis chapter 1, verse 26 through 28, it says, God said, so God is speaking, let us make man in our image after our likeness. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him. Male and female created he them. And God blessed them. And God, and God said unto them, Be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth. So God created man in his what? In his image. image. What's going on there?
0: So what God wanted to do, notice what it says. He says, you are blessed. Procreate. Okay? Replenish the earth. What it's saying, be fruitful, Multiply. What man was supposed to do was produce another being in the image of God, okay? That's why today, after sin, we're to be born again, because we need to have that same characteristic, the same character of God. But, brother, what happened there in Genesis chapter 3?
1: Well, in Genesis chapter 3, if you read the story, it's the story that many people know of of the Bible, the beginning, right? Just after Adam and Eve were created, there was a serpent. And the serpent was actually the mouthpiece for Satan himself. And as he was speaking to Eve, he said to Eve, Has God said, You shall not eat of all the trees of the garden? But no, that's not what God said. She said, No, God said that we could eat of all the trees of the garden, except for one, which happened to be the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. She said, we're We're not to touch that tree or we'll die. Well, what ends up happening is he says to her, he gives her the first lie in the Bible. Thou shalt not surely die. He says, listen, God said you're going to die, but that's not really the case. And so Eve begins to like this idea. He says, listen, it, God knows that in the day that you do this, you'll become like gods, knowing good and evil. So you can imagine that sounds pretty good to Eve. She loves God, and she would love to be like him. And if you just take from this tree and eat from it, what? You can become like God. And so she chooses, instead of to having faith, faith is believing God's Word, accepting it as it is. Yep. And at that time, she let go of faith, and she reached forth, and she grabbed the fruit, and she ate of it. But she didn't find that she, came, she turned into a closer image of God. She actually turned into the image of what we call now today man, sinful man.
0: So as it happened, after they ate of the tree, because then she ran and gave it to Adam, Adam chose to follow her rather than God. That's right. Many times that's the mistake that men make today, following the woman instead of the man. Instead yes. of God. Instead of God, yeah. Adam lived 130 years and begat a son in whose image? In his own image, after his, or after his own likeness, after his image, in Genesis chapter 5, verse 3. What happens is, after sin, Adam, instead of pro- procreating and, and producing a child that has the image of God in him, he now procreates and has, with with his wife, has a child that is in his own likeness, after his image. You see, so, there's a problem. After sin comes into the world, we come out differently. We don't come out the perfect little babies that uh, you have to teach how to sin. You see, I've got two precious little kids, but we all know how kids are. You don't have to teach them to be selfish, right? That's right, sweetheart. Keep it for yourself. That's what you're supposed to do. No, no, no. They know that. That somehow they come out knowing that that's mine. Don't take that from me. Ah, I want it. Right? You don't have to teach kids how to sin. You have to teach them how to do right. Why? What What does the Bible say there,
1: brother? We read here in Psalm 51, verse 5 and 58, verse 3. Behold, I was shapen in iniquity, and in sin did my mother conceive me. The wicked are estranged from the womb; they go astray as soon as they be born, speaking lies. That's pretty heavy.
0: That is very heavy. Basically, what this is saying is, from the womb, you're a sinner.
1: Yeah.
0: You know, I was telling this—I was talking to Chad earlier—and I said, you know, can you imagine telling a baby, a, a woman that's pregnant, "Hey, how's the sinner?" <laughs> <laughs> you don't want to do that, but it's—I mean, that's what the Bible says. They're not sinners, but they're sinful. You know, they're not sinning. But they're sinful creatures because they were conceived in sin. Now, the Bible says there in Isaiah 48, verse 3, I knew that you would deal very treacherously and was called a transgressor from where? The womb. From the womb. Now, it says in Romans 3 23, you can say it with me, for all have, have sinned, sinned and fallen come short, short of, of the glory of, glory of God. God. We all know that verse, it's very popular. Well, the reality is it's true. Does that mean everybody except for one?
1: Other than Jesus, everyone.
0: Everybody except for Jesus. Are you sure about that?
1: The verse says, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And the Bible is very clear that Jesus himself never sinned. Or he couldn't be our Savior. If he had sinned ever, he couldn't be our Savior. Exactly. You know, and I've read the Bible
0: several times in many different ways and settings. And I've never found any other person on the face of the earth that is by the Bible... Sinless or without sin, right? Mm-hmm. Are you trying to find a verse for
1: us? Well, I was thinking of a verse. I'll see if I can find it real quick for you. Um, it says, uh, Which "Yeah, is? okay." So it says here in First Peter chapter one, verse seventeen and eighteen. It says, "And if ye call on the Father, who without respect of persons judges according to every man's work, pass the time of your sojourning here in fear, for as much as ye know that you were not redeemed." with corruptible things as silver and gold from your vain conversation received by tradition from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. Just as the lambs that were sacrificed in the Old Testament had to be spotless in the same way Jesus Christ, who John says is the lamb of God, which taketh away the sins of the world, Jesus was without blemish and without spot. He had no sin. He's the only one.
0: The only one that I know of in the Bible. Well, that's why the scripture says so beautifully in 1 Corinthians 5, 21, 4, He, that's God, has made Him, that's Jesus, to be sin for us, who knew no sin. Jesus knew no sin, that we, anybody who claims Christ, might be made the righteousness of God in Him. Okay, Now that's very powerful, but what we're calling tonight's message is Antichrist Substitution. What what are we doing here? What's the point?
1: We're going to find out that not only (coughs) that this power claims that there is someone other than Christ who is also to be a redeemer. Someone else who is spotless, someone else who is sinless, outside of Jesus Christ, and someone who is not God. So let's look at this. Let's see what it says.
0: Going on to the New Advent, which is the Catholic Encyclopedia. Anybody can go there, just searching for it. Simply, it says down here at the bottom... Mary was preserved, exempt from all stain of original sin at the first moment of her animation. That means as soon as she was born, she was without sin. And sanctifying grace was given to her before sin could have taken effect in her soul.
1: And this is what the Immaculate Conception is. It's not that she had a baby that was pure. It's that she herself was actually pure and sinless.
0: And therefore could have a
1: baby that was pure. Yeah.
0: That's what they understand in the Catholic system. But the reality is, does the Bible teach that? I've never read anything like that.
1: We'll, but, actually, we'll see the Bible actually speaks contrary to that.
0: Yeah. Well, uh, oh, okay. Let me just continue reading here. It says, The state of original sanctity, innocence, and justice as opposed to original sin, was conferred upon her, that's Mary, by which gift every stain and fault, all depraved emotions, passions, and debilities, essentially pertaining to original sin, were excluded. So what they're saying is every good thing was on Mary, and no ugly, terrible thing was on her at all. Like, you didn't have to teach her to be nice. She was nice. You would have had to teach her to sin. Contrary to every other child in the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's a pretty bold claim, don't you think? Because the Bible never says that. No. The Bible, as you said, we're born in sin. We're sinners from the womb. We're, you know, all of sin and fallen short of the glory of God. Read this
1: next one for us. We read here. It says, The recourse we have to Mary in prayer follows upon the office she continuously fills by the side of the throne of God as Mediatrix. Of divine grace. Mediatrix, that would be another word like mediator. Except female. Yes, a female mediator of divine grace. Mm -hmm. Being by worthiness and by merit most acceptable to him, and therefore surpassing in power all the angels and saints in heaven. Now this merciful office of hers perhaps appears in no other form of prayer so manifestly as it does in the rosary. For in the rosary, all the part that Mary took as our co-redemptress comes to us. So here we see two things that Mary is called the mediatrix or another mediator. But we already saw in 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 5, it says, For there is one God and one mediator between God and man, the, the man, man Christ, Christ Jesus. Jesus. So Jesus is the only mediator, except for here we see that there's another mediator... Mary. And it goes on to say that she's a co-redemptress. That she somehow takes part in the redemption of those who follow Christ.
0: Now, I don't believe that because the Bible doesn't teach it. Are you with me? The Bible doesn't teach it. If if I'm wrong and if I've missed that scripture somewhere, please share it with me. But I'm pretty sure that there's only one name given among men whereby we must be saved. That's who? The man Christ Jesus. Now, okay, what does it say there in Luke? Mary arose in those days, and went into the hill country with haste, into a city of Judah, and entered into the house of Zechariah, and saluted Elizabeth. And it came to pass that when Elizabeth heard the salutation of Mary, the babe leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Ghost. And she spake out with a loud voice and said, Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of the womb. And whence is this to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? Pick it up, brother.
1: So this is, this is actually, this will be, Mary is going to be speaking in a moment. Notice this. But we see, she says, um, For lo, as soon as the voice of thy salutation sounded in my ears, the babe leaped in, in my womb for joy. And blessed is she that believeth. For there shall be a performance of those things which were told her from the Lord. And Mary said, notice what Mary says, this is interesting. My soul doth magnify the Lord, and my spirit hath rejoiced in God my Savior. So Mary herself speaks of God as being her what? Savior. Savior. Now, let me ask you this question. Let's say I I go out to the beach. Maybe I make my way over to Lake Michigan. It's a beautiful, sunshiny day, and I'm in the water, and I'm about up to here in the water, and I'm having a good time, and all of a sudden, Daniel runs in, screaming, and he grabs me, and he picks me up, and he runs me onto the beach, and he says, that was close. I saved you. I would say, save me from what? He said, you were about to drown. Now, in the same way, if you, if, if you don't need a Savior, that, that means there's nothing wrong. I didn't have a problem. Would Mary need to say that she rejoiced in God, her Savior, if she didn't need to be saved? What do you think? Did Mary need salvation? Yes. Why? What do we need salvation from? Sin. Sin. So the Bible is actually clear. Mary had sin in her. She was not pure from the, from the womb. She, or she was not pure from birth. She actually had sin sin on her clearly the bible says so she needed a savior jesus was the savior to mary just like he's the savior to you and me but mary was a good woman god chose to have this woman be the mother of our savior jesus christ surely she was a good woman but in reality she still was a sinner and needed a savior
0: you know that god revealed this to her personally it says in matthew chapter 1 verse 20 the angel of the lord appeared unto mary and said in verse 21 you will bring forth a son and you will call his name Jesus why because he will save his people from their what sins sins now if she knew that from the angel of the lord and she said god my savior she understood it was saved salvation from sin mm-hmm. now she continues on and says in luke verses or chapter 1 39 through 49 for he hath regarded the low estate of his handmaiden for behold from henceforth All generations will call me, what? Blessed. Blessed. You've heard of the Blessed Mary? I mean, that's a very common term today. How do we understand that?
1: She was blessed. And actually, um, I I know that the word blessed actually means, anyone know what blessed means? Happy. I heard it. Happy. So she was, all the nations will say, imagine how great it would be to be the mother of Jesus Christ. I mean, could you think of a greater joy than having a child and then finding out it's the Son of God himself? And so all nations can look down and say this woman is blessed. But now the Bible also says in Matthew, it says that blessed are the meek for they shall inherit the earth. So we are blessed if we are meek, right? But does that mean we are a savior? No. No. So blessed doesn't necessarily mean you're the savior. It actually doesn't mean that at all. It just means you're happy. You're blessed. And all nations would be able to look at her and call her blessed.
0: You know, I was in South Dakota one time and Mr. Ranky, you remember him? I do. Mr. Ranke one time came over to me. He says, you know, you say that you're blessed a lot. One of the reasons is when people say, hey, how are you? I say, I'm blessed. How are you doing? I just, that's one of the things I say. He says, come into my room here. So I followed Mr. Ranke into his room. This, he, this is an old, old man. This is an old man. He pulls out a dictionary. The dictionary was about as old as he was, maybe even older. And he opened it up to the word blessed. And he showed me right from his own dictionary. It said Blessed. And I read it with my own eyes. It said, to cover with blood. Mm -hmm. You ever know that before? The word blessed means to cover with blood. And so when I say I'm blessed, I'm covered with blood. It is happy, according to the Greek translation. There's no question as well, but all generations will call her blessed. I'm blessed. When I say I'm blessed, it doesn't mean I'm God, though. It doesn't mean I can forgive sin, you see. It doesn't doesn't mean I'm going to co-redeem you if I say at the grocery store, hey, I'm blessed. So, that can have several different translations or meanings as well. Luke 8, verses 19 through 20. There was a time where Jesus was speaking, and there came to him his mother and his brethren. And they could not come at him because there were so many people around. And it was told him by certain, which said, Hey, your mother and your brethren stand without desiring to see you. And he answered and said to them, Oh, praise my Father. The co redeemer, the co redeemer is here. Is that what he said?
1: No. That's
0: not what he said. What did he say?
1: He said. Uh, he answered and said unto them, "My mother and my brethren are these which hear the word of God, and do it." Now I didn't
0: say that to be you know rude or anything, but the, the, let's let's be honest with the Bible. It doesn't say that Mary is a co redeemress or co re- re- Redemptrix. Redemptress. Co-redemptress, and or uh, mediatrix. It just doesn't say that. And so, let's be honest with the scripture and look at what it doesn't say. It doesn't say, oh, wow, God is here. No. In fact, he says, Blessed are they which hear the word of God and do it. Now, notice what it says here. Go ahead and read this, brother.
1: It says in Luke 11, 27 and 28, And it came to pass, as he spake these words, these things, a certain woman of the company lifted up her voice and said unto him, Blessed is the womb that bare thee, and the paps, which thou hast sucked. But he said, Jesus said, Yea, rather, or instead, blessed are they that hear the word of God and keep it. So Jesus, he hearing these things, many thought, well, how incredible it is to be his mo- your mother, which is true. But he said, even more important, blessed are those that hear the word of God and keep it. You know, many times today, faith, faith is, it, the Bible actually says in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8 through 10, by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. So it's a very important verse, and, and many times people say, well, this is the way to salvation. Very true. And say, they say, well, works have no part in the Christian life. We don't need to do works, or you may have heard something like this before. But James says that faith without works is what? Dead. Dead. I, I may have said it. Didn't I talk about me being an astronaut? Have I told you guys about that before? No, you haven't. You said okay. it way. <laughs> well, I was walking through a uh, field one day, and I thought, you know, I could say, you know, you can imagine someone coming along and saying, you know, I'm an astronaut. And you say, Chad, you're an astronaut, so you've worked for some kind of space program. No. You've worked for NASA, Chad? No. Have you been in space? No. But I'm an astronaut. You say, well, how are you an astronaut? I say, I'm an astronaut in my heart.
0: <laughs> well, <laughs> now <laughs> he might be, who knows?
1: <laughs> <laughs> now, that's the same thing as me saying, "I'm a Christian." And you say, "Okay, you're a Christian?" "Okay, do you do you follow the Bible? Do you believe the Bible?" Well, sometimes some of it. Do you do you live like Jesus? Do you pray? Well, I don't really pray. I well, I, I, so what makes you a Christian? I'm a Christian where? In my, heart. in my heart. You see, by saying I'm a... You'd be just as much of an astronaut by saying that as you would be a Christian. If we're not actually living for Christ, we're fooling ourselves. And I've been that way in my life. I've totally been that way. Where I, I, If you would have asked me, I would have said, Oh, yeah, sure, I'm a Christian. But I'd be out drinking, partying, doing all kinds of foolishness. There was nothing about Christ or like Christ in me. And I would have said, Oh, yeah, sure, I'm a Christian. But we can deceive ourselves into thinking we're, we're Christians when we have no part with Him. And that's why we are, to not, we are not only to hear the Word of God, we are to keep it, Jesus said.
0: You know, He even says, blessed are they. Happy. You know, everybody, all generations will call me blessed, Mary said. Well, He says, blessed are they that hear the Word of God and keep it. The last verse said, do it. Do it or keep it, whatever. It says in 2 Thessalonians chapter 1 verse 7. When the Lord Jesus shall be revealed from heaven with his mighty angels, in flaming fire he'll be taking vengeance on them that do not know God and that obey not, that obey not the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. And so the, the point here is there's obedience involved in the gospel. Like here, blessed are they that hear the word of God and keep it or do it. Here it's saying that they that obey not the gospel will be consumed in flaming fire. I think God's interested in obedience.
1: You know, I'm thinking the same thing in in respect that Jesus himself, our Savior, in John chapter 14, verse 15, said, If you love me, keep my what? Commandments. Keep my commandments. If you love me, keep my commandments. Now, if we have a hatred towards God's commandments and things, would we really love him? Jesus would say no. He says, if you love me, keep my commandments. Commandments. We're not saved by keeping them by any means. That's right. We're not saved by that. But if we're truly saved and we really believe that Jesus has changed our life, that by faith we can live in in His truth, then we will want to follow those things, and we will be blessed. We'll be happy, actually, to live out Christ's life here on earth.
0: The Bible also said in Revelation fourteen verse twelve. We don't have that one up there, so if you want to turn there, please do. Revelation fourteen verse twelve. Here is the patience of the saints. Here are they that keep the commandments of God and the faith of Jesus. So at the end of time, in fact, I'm going to read a little, a little bit before that. If you'd like to turn to Revelation 14, I'm going to look at verse 9, because we've talked about the beast, the Antichrist power, the uh, little horn of Daniel chapter 7. Notice what it says about this power in verse 9. The third angel followed them, which is the first and the second angel, He says with a loud voice, If any man, what's the next word? Worship the beast. We know who the beast is. And his image. We're going to find out who that is in the future. And receive his mark in his forehead. We're going to learn about the mark. Or in his hand. The same that worships the beast in his image. The same will drink of the wine of the wrath of God, which is poured out without mixture into the cup of his indignation. What that's saying is, you're going to be destroyed and he shall be tormented with fire and brimstone in the presence of his of the holy angels and in the presence of the lamb the smoke of their torment will ascend forever and ever and they have no rest day or night who worship the beast and his image and whosoever receives the mark in his name of his name notice what's saying here the third angel is going on about worshiping the beast you don't want to worship the beast which right? is the antichrist which is the antichrist you don't want to do that And so what happens is, as you're worshiping the beast, you're in this group. But there's another group that's mentioned in verse 12. This other group is, here is the patience of the saints. Here are they that keep the commandments of God and the faith of Jesus. Do you see what the Bible's doing? It lays out this group that's worshiping the Antichrist. And then it lays out this group who's keeping the commandments of God that are called the patient saints.
1: They're in distinction to each other.
0: They're in distinction. They're right next to each other in Scripture. It's like, hey, stay away from this one, but this is the one you want to be with. There's obedience to the gospel. If I were a chicken thief, could I continue on being a chicken thief and go to heaven? No. No, you couldn't do that, right?
1: I hope you're not a chicken thief. I'm not a
0: chicken thief, just like you're not an astronaut. But the reality is, I'd have to
1: give that up. Yeah. But if I gave it up, would I be giving anything up? No, you'd be blessed. It would be a blessing to give it up. You'd be happy to give it up. Absolutely. And that's what God wants us to
0: be, is happy. He wants us to be blessed. What you you say?
1: know, I used to think, you know, a lot of times you'll hear people say, I gave up smoking for God, I gave up drugs for God, I gave up this. Listen, those things were, were a curse to me. When I, when I would smoke that pack of cigarettes and I would become so angry, I'd crush the pack and I'd throw it out the window of the car. Obviously, at that time, I wasn't convicted on littering, I wouldn't do it anymore. <laughs> Sinner! <laughs> but this is the fact. It wasn't, it wasn't something that now I gave them up. People think, oh, oh, that's so restrictive that you gave those things up. It's a blessing to me. Amen. I'm glad that I, when I walk upstairs now, I'm not tired. You know, that, that's a blessing. And when God wants us to give things up, it's actually for our own good that he wants to do these things. And you know, as I think about these things, there are men in the Bible who kept the commandments of God. You look at Abraham. The Bible actually says, some people say, well, there were no commandments before... What? Exodus. Exodus chapter 20. But you can see that Abraham actually kept the commandments of God in the Bible. He kept commandments, the Bible says, statutes and judgments and something like this in Genesis. Now, if you look all the way back to the book of, in, in way back in Genesis to about verse chapter 7, you see a man by the name of, does anybody know who's around there? Noah. Noah, right? Now, Noah was a man, and when I think of Noah, Noah kept the commands of God. What did God ask him to do? Build, Build a boat, boat right? That was God's command for Noah. Could you think of a human being who has looked more foolish than Noah? Can you imagine God tells you to build a boat when it has never rained before? Because the Bible says that a mist came up from the earth to water the ground. And he says, listen, water is going to fall from the sky. The whole earth is going to be covered with water. Everybody's going to die. And I've heard it said, I'm not sure that this is true. There potentially could have been around a billion people at that time. Because remember, people lived to nearly a thousand years old at that time. Mm-hmm. So there could have been potentially near a billion people. And here's one guy with his, with his seven you know, family members. And they're building this boat. And he's preaching to them. He said, listen, the end is coming. How much of a fool did he look like?
0: It's going to rain. It's going to yeah, rain. Yeah, it, it's
1: going to rain. It's going to rain. And they're saying, no, it's never rained. You've been preaching this for a hundred years and it's never rained. Who has ever looked like more of a fool than Noah? Yeah. But the day finally came... Where Noah, what did he do? As he was finishing up, the animals started making their way onto the ark, right? Mm -hmm. You can imagine the great scientists of the day would see these animals by themselves, making their way two by two and what? Seven by seven. Check out Genesis chapter 7. You'll see that two by two and seven by seven. And they made their way by themselves onto the ark. Imagine that. You can imagine the scientists saying, whoa, this this is interesting. This must be a strange migration pattern. You know, and so people are people are making up reasons why it's never going to happen. And finally, the time came. Noah and his family. Eight people got on that ark. Potentially a billion, or at least millions. Probably, I'm guessing. I don't know for sure. Outside, maybe not right outside, but across the earth. And there they are. This man looked like the greatest fool for 120 years. And you know, he hopped in that boat. And you know how long he waited. The first day, you can imagine when he shut the door, they might have thought, "Oh man." what if it really happens? And then a day passes, and they're like, oh, nothing happened. How's it it going in there, no, with all those animals? It probably stinks in there, huh? You know, this guy's crazy. Two days, three days, four days, five days, six days, nothing happens. The guy looks like a lunatic. Finally, on the seventh day, they see something they've never seen. Mm -hmm. Water begins to fall from the sky. A thundercloud... They'd never heard these things before. They'd never seen this before. And rain begins to come down. And for the first time, they realize this guy that looks so foolish for preaching something that was contrary to what the whole world believed, actually, he was what? He was right. He was right. Amen. Because he was following the Word of God. Now, we live in a time where to actually believe what the Bible says, you're going to look foolish at some point, right? Don't you think? You're going to look like Noah. You're going to look like Noah. You're going to look as if you're different from your family, maybe. From your friends at work or from the people you've known your whole life, there will come a time, if you choose to follow the Scriptures, where you will look different from most everybody around you. I want to to be willing to look like Noah. I want to be willing to say, listen, even if everybody around me, my friends, my family, everybody, if everybody rejected me because I was holding on to the Word of God, I want to stand for the truth. Is it your desire tonight to say, even if I look different from my coworkers, even if my boss is gonna think I'm crazy for following God, even if even if people at school think I'm nuts for choosing to follow the scriptures instead of what everybody else is doing, even if the people in my own church think I'm crazy, I wanna follow what the Bible says, and I wanna follow Jesus Christ instead.